Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30, Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation on Oilers Radio. 6.30, Chad. It's Brendan Escott here with Cam Moon. Hour number two of Oilers Now is brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation. We'll hear from head coach of the U of A Golden Bears, Ian Herbers, in about a half hour or so. But we're going Canucks right now. You got any comments? You can reach us on the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063. River Cree Resort and Casino excitement bet on it. That's where we're heading next, but don't forget that number is the Ashley Fine Floor text line as well. 780-496-0063. Get the new floors you've always wanted with Ashley Fine Floors. 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, open Monday to Saturday. Let's hear from our headliner today, Senior Editor of The Athletic NHL, Israel Fair, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. We had him on back in October, and a lot has changed on BC's coast since then. Israel, you got Brendan and Cam here. Appreciate you joining. How's it going? I'm good, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, our pleasure. Well, it's uh, a meeting between the Oilers and Canucks tomorrow that has prompted us to uh, ask you on the show. But really, Israel, Vancouver's been creating plenty of headlines all season <laughs> long in the NHL. And maybe maybe we could start with today because it seemed like, and we're, we've been on the air since this happened, but reading Brendan Batchelor's Twitter, it seems like it was quite an emotional press conference once again. What happened today at, uh, at Rogers Arena? Yeah, I, I guess uh, Bruce Boudreaux wasn't out uh, for the, the beginning of the morning skate today, which uh, because of all the, the rumors circling around him and his future as Canucks coach obviously caught people's attention. And in general, Bruce is, is such a, an active coach in that way, such a gregarious guy. He's 
usually on the ice, usually engaging with players. So for that not to be the case, uh, got people's attention. And, um, you know, he's been had to answer a lot of questions lately about what his future might be. It's a tough spot to be in, to be in because obviously it's not in his control. And uh, in this case, you know, answering those questions head on about uh, if he's going to be the Canucks coach beyond this weekend. There were a lot of rumors that uh, the Canucks play tonight against Colorado. They play against Edmonton on Saturday night that those might be his, his last two games as the Canucks coach and it was it's difficult to to see him in that position because when he was brought in last year and the team had that initial burst of success it was so obvious that he really prized getting that opportunity to coach in the NHL again and he, he thought maybe after Minnesota that that wasn't going to happen he was a guy that got his coaching opportunity maybe a little bit later than, than a lot of people uh, he, he grinded in the minor leagues a little bit and has had a ton of NHL success pretty much everything but the Stanley Cup and so uh, now that it looks like the Canucks are, are already preparing to go into a different direction uh, it's it's a tough spot that, that he's had to, to answer those questions for a team that obviously also hasn't been very good so you, you put those things together and it's uh it's not it's not an ideal situation for all parties involved Israel what do you think will will happen like in the next few weeks do, do you see do you see a you know Bruce Brudro around in a couple of weeks or or do you think a move will get made before that at this point, I'd say it's pretty unlikely that uh, that he's still going to be the coach. This even goes back to to the off season, to the summer, where uh, he he became such a cult figure in Vancouver because of of how how bad the team was last season, uh, and then he came in and, and turned things around, and the fans really took to him. He 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 has that kind of personality. But the the front office uh, that's now in place, the Jim Rutherford, Patrick Alvine leadership group uh, they didn't have him be the coach they didn't give out that contract that was done by ownership as the management team was also transitioning and they were pretty straightforward with we're not going to extend Bruce long term he's got an option year on his deal if he chooses to pick that up will work with him it's just what Boudreaux decided to do and because the team has struggled I I can imagine that the management group feels just as strongly as they did in the summer that they'd like a different kind of coach a coach that can bring uh, to use one of their favorite words more structure to this team uh, and then a team that obviously is leaking goals defensively uh, at, at a pretty incredible rate the, the Canucks are top 10 in, in goals per game and they're in in the bottom right near the bottom in terms of goals against per game so they, they've got that offensive talent but when you're giving up four goals every night uh, just like they did they played Tampa uh, on Wednesday night they gave up four goals in the first 15 minutes Tampa kind of went into cruise control and they got a couple goals back but you're, you're not going to be really in position to, to win a lot of games of there and that's their vision long term they they don't see Bruce Boudreaux being a part of it but given the professionalism that he's shown I, I do think that he probably deserves a little bit better chatting with senior editor of the athletic NHL Israel Fair based out of Vancouver what is your take your assessment of the management situation Israel they've added a lot uh, to me a lot of of different voices Patrick Alvin Jim Rutherford uh, Cami Granado the Sedin twins Emily Castingay it just seems mm -hmm. like from my perspective there is an awful lot of hands in the cookie jar right now and I don't know that there's a direct impact on how 
that's playing out on the ice, but I also wonder if there's maybe too many opinions circulating around, and, and that might be where you're losing some of who's the true leader of this team. Is it JT Miller or or um, or Bo Horvat? That sort of thing. Do you think I'm on to something there? I think that there's probably something to that because last year when they were starting to put this management team together, it was very positive. The reaction from the fan base was 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 quite open. That look, there's going to be uh, a different way of running things here with Jim Benning as the general manager. Once Trevor Linden was let go, it was very much Jim Benning and John Weisbrod running the show. It was, it was two people uh, with the direct line to ownership that were making all of the decisions, and that didn't end very well so people were looking to see another alternative but here we are uh, just over a year later since Jim Rutherford was was the first piece to come in and he hires Patrick Alvin as the general manager a few weeks later and we really haven't seen any any discernible change one way or the other and Jim Rutherford who spoke to the media earlier this week can say that his hands are tied that he has contracts on the books that he can't move uh, but, but some of that is of course true but when there's absolutely no progress one way or the other I think it's pretty easy to get skeptical and, and try to figure out exactly why that's the case there, there has to be some reason beyond just the cap economics because the cap ec economics are affecting pretty much every team in the league at this point uh, and for them to, to chart out that direction has been has been difficult and I was certainly someone that a year ago was optimistic thought that this was going to be a positive change for the organization in the last couple of months I'm still willing to give them a chance and, and see what big decisions they make and they've got they've got some major ones coming up whether it's trading Bo Horvat or figuring out an extension for Elias Pettersson but the, the longer they go sort of making excuses talking about the things that they can't do I'm going to sit there and wonder if it's, it's, it's all going to come back to either ownership and this is a, this is a, this, these are decisions being made by ownership or that there are simply too many opinions in that room they can't decide on the the great vision for this team and that's that's not going to be easy to navigate on top of the issues that they have with the salary cap. I know Jim Rutherford had said in his presser they have to do major surgery. Uh, looking at it, and you're much closer to it than we are, what do you think is the most likely first shoe to drop uh, as far as player personnel goes? What move do you think will get done first? At this point, it, it seems like it's, it's going to be Bo Horvat, which is hard to believe. It would have been hard to believe at, at this point last year. It would have still been hard to believe in the off season. But we're talking about a player who's already at 30 goals, who's having a heck of a season that I think they would have liked to have kept the long term. Uh, actually, the contract that I would bring up with him would be uh, the deals that Ryan Nugent Hopkins has signed. Those longer term deals, maybe the cap hits a little bit lower, uh, but a guy that's that's a really solid middle of the line lineup player and has been for a long time. Horvat's a little bit younger than Nugent Hopkins. Uh, he's shown the last couple of years that he's probably a little bit better of a goal scorer. So that's going to get him probably more money on the open market. And that's, that's where he's, that's where he's at. That's what he's striving for. He was looking for a, a, a much larger deal than the ones that Nugent Hopkins has signed with Edmonton. And so what that looks like what a trade looks like he's going to be he's going to be very coveted i think there's a, a lot of the contenders could use a center like him 
in the middle of their lineup. And this is going to be really the first time beyond the JT Miller extension, which is already a polarizing one, the Canucks fans are going to have an opportunity to see what direction this franchise is taking by making that kind of big move. What kind of package is it? Are they prioritizing prospects? Are they prioritizing picks? How are they going to move forward by, by trading a guy who's been in this city for almost a decade and has been the captain for a number of years? It's a, uh, it's not a great situation to be in as a front office, but if they're looking at it as an opportunity to really set the tone for the way they're headed, that's that's the one that, that I think is going to be the difference maker. Uh, because if, if they're able to get a half-decent package, then they'll, they'll get some people back on their side. But for the time being, until that happens, I think there's still going to be quite a bit of skepticism, especially especially as the team struggles on the ice. Israel Fair is a senior editor of the Athletic NHL. Uh, Israel, talk to me about Andre Kuzmenko in this season. He's having Oilers fans know the name because he was at least entertaining the idea of maybe signing here in the offseason. Ultimately, signs in Vancouver, and he's been uh, serviceable. Certainly, I think that there would be uh, a return to be had should they move on from him, and and maybe they have to because he's he's almost played his way into a contract that this team can't necessarily afford right now. Yeah, absolutely. He's he's been a really good fit, and he's shown that he can produce offensively in the NHL. Uh, and he's he's on that really cheap one-year deal at this point. And the talk is that he's he's going to get a, a substantial raise. And if that's if if they're committed to keeping him, they're going to have to make some of those major surgery moves. Whether it's Connor Garland, Brock Besser, that's probably even on top of moving Bo Horvat. But he's he's been a really nice piece, and it's interesting because in the off-season, their two big moves were. Kuzmenko and Ilya Mikheyev and both of those guys have been productive they've both been quite good in their first years with Vancouver but the other pieces on the roster the rest of the depth the goaltending definitely the blue line just haven't been good enough and so those two guys and Kuzmenko in particular because of that that one-year bet you're getting a player that you hope can well outperform his deal and he has and they've they've wasted it and if they're going to be able to recoup some of that in a trade that'll be interesting uh but he's he's been a good fit he's played quite well with Elias Patterson at times which is I think that's the the cornerstone if you want to be in a, a productive player for the Canucks at this point you can play with with their top offensive guy they've they've shown some of that chemistry that's been an issue the last couple of years finding players for Pedersen to play with so I think they'll value that but because of his contractual situation they they really have no choice but to explore the market for him and similarly to Horvat though with the different play style and, and then different future outlook of what the contract might look like uh, he's a guy that I'm sure will have tons of interest as we get closer to the deadline Canucks have to be happy I would think uh, with Spencer Martin you know having Thatcher Demko out with injury as Spencer Martin, a guy that you know was up and down last year from the American League to the NHL, although he played well against Edmonton last year when he was up, that was for sure. But he's had to play a lot. Uh, would you say overall they're they're happy with what he's brought to the mix? I think the goaltending for this team, even Demko, uh, you look at his numbers and the numbers on it, their face are, aren't great, but I think they're giving most of the goalies a pass here because the the structure, the system, the way that uh, the defense has been playing. Last year, they actually had a pretty solid second pair with Oliver ekman Larson and Tyler Myers. And to this point this season, those two guys together have been uh, pretty bad and they're playing a lot of minutes. And while Quinn Hughes is 
still established himself as one of the bright young defensemen in the league. It's not like he's the the lead guy on a, on a really dominant pair at this point, and it's not all on him. They're trying Ethan Bear playing with him. Luke Shen's played with him. They're just these aren't the names of players that are going to be a championship level defense and so for a guy like martin who was a, a huge bright spot last year getting some opportunities as the backup he just hasn't really had a great chance to to show what he can do same goes for for colin delia who was brought in in the offseason as extra depth and he's had some decent starts of late but again the they're, they're not being they're not being put in a position to succeed and that much is so obvious when you look at what Thatcher Demko was able to do last season and then his start to this season before being injured uh, looked nowhere nowhere like the goalie that he was. And we know that when he's healthy, he can play at a high level. So to expect that the other players, whether it's Martin, whether it's Colin Delia, to be able to, to play at that level uh, is, is really tough to, to expect. So I, I think that... I think the the management group and, and certainly the fans are, are looking at the goaltending that they're getting. And while the numbers don't look great, there's some respect there because there's an understanding that it, it's it's certainly not all on them. There there are very few games. It's happened here and there, but there are very few games where people point to well the goal the goaltending lost us the game tonight. Uh, but the Canucks have have many more problems than that. Israel, you mentioned Luke Shen. He's a player that's been talked about for a couple of months now as being somebody who the Oilers are looking at adding. Uh, a cheap price point, but somebody who's, uh, at least from a distance, played pretty rugged defense this year. Just talk about what you've seen out of uh, that veteran defender down uh, down with the Canucks. He's been really good uh, for his role, for that price. Uh, he brings some of the intangibles in, in the locker room and all of that kind of stuff and his, his uh, history with Tampa Bay and, and the cup runs. And he's just the guy that's, that is really beloved in that room, has become a fan favorite. But because of because he's going to be someone that a lot of teams are interested in, and I think, look, if, if it's in Edmonton and he, he's a guy that can play on a third pair uh, for a, a team that's trying to make a playoff run, that makes a ton of sense. To his credit, he's played basically a top four role, especially when he plays with Hughes, and he's he's handled that pretty well. Uh, there have been very little complaints about his game, and I can imagine that I think he, he I think he likes it in Vancouver uh, from a lifestyle perspective. But uh, as a competitor, uh, I, I can see I can see him being excited about the opportunity to go and join a team that's that's trying to make a deep run, and and he's he's had experience in that area. I would say the one thing that that seems to come up a lot with him and this goes back to his time with the lightning he's the type of player that doesn't need to play all the time to to, to make an impact and I, I i mean that in the sense that he can sit for a couple of weeks but then when he when he's in the lineup he, he sort of picks up right where he left off and we see that a lot with uh maybe some younger players that they, they feel like they need to play all the time to to maintain their level he's he's a, a great pickup i think in the sense that even if there is some rotation on a third pair and he's not always the guy or there's some matchups play uh maybe some some opportunities for other players to, to prove themselves he'll always provide a, a really 
really steady level of play, whether he's playing in a top four role like he has for a lot of the season in Vancouver, or he's more of a depth guy for a team that has a little bit more depth. One last question for senior editor of the Athletic NHL, Israel Fair. You're a Vancouver kid. Connor Bedard is a Vancouver kid. The Vancouver Canucks might be in position for the stars to align Israel, taking your journalist <laughs> hat off for one second. What would that be like to think that this could actually ultimately maybe be for something if the Canucks have Connor Bedard fall into their lap after this season? It would be uh, almost beyond words, really. I mean, since the first game of the season, the Canucks started on a six-game road trip and uh, played very poorly on that road trip, came home, and already the chatter at the rink was Connor Bedard, Connor Bedard. Uh, <laughs> Vancouver is a city where, uh, you know, the Giants are in town, and when the Giants are good, people get into junior hockey, but it, it's not quite like a bunch of, uh, of the cities across our country where junior hockey is really top of mind. But what Bedard's done, because he's from here, uh, I think it would be, it, it would blow it would blow the roof off of, of Rogers Arena if that were to happen. There, there are a lot of people that are, are hoping to see it, that, that uh, you know, it's that age-old debate about rooting against your team, trying to trying to get that top draft pick, losing games, tanking. Uh, there are a lot of Canucks fans uh, who would be ecstatic if that was <laughs> was the case. I don't think people are, are expecting it to happen, though, uh, given the history of the franchise. But again, yeah, it, it would be, in a lot of ways, a dream come true. If ever there was a year to sacrifice a couple of points toward the end of the season, maybe this, <laughs> this, <laughs> this would be, be it. Israel, I really appreciate you jumping on with us today, Israel. Thank you. How do people find uh, your content? Are you, are you doing any writing, or are you just doing the overseeing stuff at The Athletic? Yeah, full, full-time editor now. Wow, so, good for uh, you. It's all, uh, yeah, uh, lots of content at The Athletic, though, so encourage people to, to go check that out. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Israel Fair, thanks for jumping on, man. You got it, guys, anytime. All right. Out to Vancouver. He contributes to Sportsnet 650 as well. He is from The Athletic. Going to be an interesting game tomorrow night, Cam. I, I can't wait for this one because uh, the Oilers are rolling and you don't want to end up in a situation where you've got a hungry Canucks team coming off a game against Colorado tonight. We don't know how that's going to play out. Uh, you hope that they're going to be tired, but this is a home back-to-back, -back, so probably not. I yeah. mean, it could be one of those games where if Edmonton doesn't pounce on things early, it might slip away. Yeah, and we talked about it on the broadcast last night, uh, Bob and I, that Vancouver traditionally has played pretty well against the Oilers. Maybe a little more so uh, here in Edmonton, but always seem to give the Oilers a good go. And I expect that's probably going to be the case tomorrow. Uh, but, yeah, Edmonton's got to find a way. It's a back-to-back -back for the Canucks. Yeah, hopefully the uh, Colorado Avalanche take a little bit out of them over the course of this evening. But, yeah, and you look at that Oilers schedule, like there's some, <laughs> you know, you don't want to put, any carts before horses but there are some uh, some games coming up here that you would say are winnable running up against the clock so i'll remind you that for 50 years edmonton's destination for a celebration for the census is japanese village reserved today at jvedmonton.ca and you already know that cars cost less in wetaskiwin but did you know that brent ridge ford in wetaskiwin is well known for their top shelf service department they don't forget about you after you purchase a vehicle call uncle milt rich johnny and let the team at brent ridge ford make you a repeat customer 
352-6048. Your Ford truck authority on the Auto Mile in Wetaskiwin. Cam can vouch for that. That's right. Love everybody <laughs> out at Brent Ridge Ford. Pass along a big hello. Hope you have a great day. Good stuff. We will step aside so Eileen Bell can bring you the headlines. When we come back, we'll connect with Golden Bears head coach Ian Herbers. They've got a pair against Saskatchewan. We'll get to your injury report and your forecasted lines ahead of the Oilers and Canucks. Brendan Escott, Cam Moon today on Oilers Now.